Good morning. Glad you're here today. Uh, my name is Paul. For any guests that are with us, I'm one of your pastors here at Hope and just want to offer you a special welcome. We're continuing a sermon series on the Sermon on the Mount, the, the, the greatest sermon ever preached. Jesus preaches from a mountainside words that, that really have guided and, and inspired us as a, a culture and, and billions of people throughout the planet. It's an amazing thing for us to, to reflect upon these words. As you read our lesson today, our gospel lesson, uh, as that was read, you probably realized that, oh, oh this one's about stewardship. And if you're a guest with us, you're thinking, okay, I showed up on Stewardship Sunday. Maybe it was the wrong Sunday to show up, you know. I, I promise you today that it's not going to be one of those types of sermons. Uh, that we're going to have a little fun with it. Uh, but also uh, that Jesus' words today are, are really not primarily about money. Uh, they're, they're about something much deeper and important in, in our lives. So, so let's, let's take a look at this. So we're going to have a little fun just to, to lighten that energy uh, for us today. Has anybody ever played the game on, uh, I think it's Alexa, Amazon Alexa or whatever it is, called Song Quiz? We're going to do a little song quiz, right? So I'm going to play some songs, and, and I want you guys to think about what it is. Tell me if you can get the title and the artist. We'll see who's smart in here with those things and who I want to have with me on, on trivia. Uh, a few weeks ago, I was talking about country western music and, and you know, uh, how I love country music that's not the, you know, the fake stuff that comes out today, but the real stuff. Uh, but today, I want to show you that I can rock a little bit too that I don't discriminate based on what your musical selection might be. Okay, here we go. So we're gonna play a clip, and I want you to guess the, the song and the artist. Okay. Okay, anybody got it? The Beatles, all right. You know the name of the song? Money. Okay, that's pretty simple. Pretty potato. Extra bonus points if somebody can tell me who originally wrote and played that song. It wasn't the Beatles. It's actually not a Beatles original. Nobody? Man, there's a crown in heaven. Just kidding, I have no authority <laughs> by, by which to give those. Right? Barrett Strong. Never heard of him? Either had I. Okay. But apparently he played it and wrote it first. Okay, the next one. It's gotta be some 70s rockers in here. I know I know somebody knows this one. Okay. Who who plays this? Pink Floyd. Very good. What's the name of it? Money. Same title as last one. Real creative. And by the way, on Wednesday night, this girl was answering every song, and I was like, what are you? And I realized, Shazam app. No doing that. You're in church, right? No cheating. No cheating. Okay. Next one. Anybody, this one's tricky. Everybody's heard that bass line as soon as a, like, I think we should do that in church. Paul, write a song. That, okay, 
Anybody got it? The what? The bullet boys? No, that was later. Nobody? Okay, usually one person has. It's a band called the OJs. And it's called For the Love of Money. And you should actually go and read the lyrics. The lyrics are great. Uh, they're not glorifying money like lots of these songs. They're, they're actually warning about the dangers uh, that the greed can have in our lives. All right. Next one really isn't rock, but it's a, it's a song that everybody probably knows. Okay. If I were a rich man, all day long, if I were a wealthy man, I would have. Okay, anybody got this? What musical's from? Fiddler on the Roof. Who sings it? Tevya, that's right. If I were a rich man. Bonus points. Anybody uh, act or singer? in high school, college, in Fiddler on the Roof. We had one last time. Nobody. Okay, no theater people here. Oh, somebody over here? Good job. Did you play Tevya? No. Oh, okay. I love the lyrics. If I were a rich man, yabba dibba dibba dibba, dibba 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 dum, all day long, I'd biddy biddy bum. That's what I would do too. Okay, this one's for the younger folks in here. Song, maybe you guess this one. Anybody got this one? Ariana Grande, I heard it. What's the song? Seven Rings, that's right. Whoever said that, they were a little too old <laughs> male to be listening to Ariana Grande. That's, yeah, I had to look it up. My wrist, stop watching, my neck is flossy. I have no idea what that means. I thought you so floss your teeth, but uh, make big deposits. Got that. My gloss is popping. You like my hair? Gee, thanks. Just got it. Bought it. Oh, I see it. I like it. I want it. I got it. Okay, I have no idea what that means. But one last song. This one I, I listened to a lot in my youth because my mom was a big fan of this, this artist. Money talks. But it, it don't sing and dance and it don't walk. As long as I can have you here with me, I'd much rather be forever in blue jeans. Neil Diamond, okay, you know what that was. You know what the name of the song is? Forever in Blue Jeans. That's why I disdain dressing up to this day. That's why my mom used to blare this in the house when she was doing chores. And it's just in my, it's in my consciousness, okay? So, there you go. A little fun with that, to think about money, wealth, lots of messages in, in our culture, lots of, of different feelings, very strong emotions. Uh, about money, about wealth. Lots of people telling you uh, that you should do this or you should do this, that you should invest in that, you should not invest in that. You should have this plan, you should have these priorities, these values. What are we to, to think about this? Uh, I, I 
emailed a mentor of mine a while back and, and asked the question. He said, hey, what, what books have you read? What authors have you read that have been inspiring to you to think about wealth, to think about what Jesus says about money? And he, and he said, you know, quite honestly, Paul, I've read a lot of stuff, and it's all kind of eh. That the best stewardship director, he said, on the planet, the, the most inspiring words about money come from, from Jesus. So that's what I want to look at today. I want to start with clarifying some assumptions. The first one is this. You probably heard it misquoted, saying that that money is the root of all evil. In fact, that's not what the text says. Timothy was read today. What did it say? It said, the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. The love of money is the problem. Money in and of itself is just a thing. It's just something that we use to exchange value in our world today. How to, how to exchange goods and services to pay for those things. Money in and of itself is just a thing. The problem, biblically, is what's called the love of money. Another word for the, the love of money would be greed. And see, greed has this problem in our world that it puts a stranglehold on our heart and it keeps us from knowing fully who who God is. The antidote to greed, the antidote to greed is generosity. The antidote to greed is generosity. So I want to share with you three things today, three things that in my life have changed the way I live out my faith and changed the relationship I have with money in this world, and maybe they will for you too. Some biblical truths about generosity. The first is this. Generosity reflects the image of God. Generosity reflects the image of God. So what do we know about God? God is holy. God is love. God is grace. God is truth. God is justice. But God is merciful, right? We know those things to be true. We have all these words to describe this omnipotent, all-powerful creator, God. But one of those things that describes who God is as well, biblically, is that God is generous. God gives. It's the nature of God to give. In fact, he is the ultimate giver. In the act of creation, he created the world and the universe and all that exists and put us in it. And everything that was created was given to us as his children, as his creation, as a gift. When you read through scripture, the Old Testament and New, it's a story of God's people and how they continually kind of fail on their promises. They, they mess up, they make mistakes, they, they have conflicts. But God is continually faithful. God continually provides. God continually forgives, restores, and redeems. The nature of God is that he gives. In Jesus Christ, we have God with skin on, God with flesh. And we understand the full revelation of who God is. And in Jesus, we see that what does God do? He gives himself, he gives his life on a cross so that we might receive forgiveness, that we might be restored into a right relationship with God. John 3.16, after all, says, For God so loved the world that he gave. 
his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So the nature of God is giver. And you were made in the image of that God. So generosity is part of God's divine image in you. But the problem is, is that that's been distorted by sin, right? Genesis 1, Genesis 3, sin enters into the world. And because generosity is twisted and distorted by sin, rather than a life of trust, we live a life of, of selfishness. Rather than exercising freedom in Christ, we, we exercise control. Rather than being living in, in love in, in the security of the gospel, we live in, in fear of what might happen or could possibly happen with our resources. And we get self-centered and we get selfish and we become greedy in this world. It's distorted by sin. But God continues to give. He continues to provide. One of the things that, that God gave to his people in the Old Testament was a, a set of rules to live by. And these rules that he gave them to live by were not meant to oppress them. They weren't meant to, to hurt them. They were actually meant for their freedom. They were meant so that they could be different than the world around them. They could be holy in a world that, that was unholy. They, they could live righteously in a world that was unrighteous. And one of the, the, the biblical standards that he sets for his people is that of a tithe. Because God is generous, they were called in their first fruits to be generous as well. I just want to say in response to that, that for Tammy and I, my wife and I, that one of the things that, that we live out in our lives is to tithe 10%, the first fruits of our income, back to Hope Lutheran and other ministries that we support, that we tithe plus. And that is an, an act of, of generosity that where I don't think, hey, I'm, I'm earning my salvation, that I have to do this in any way, but it is a response which aligns my heart to God and battles the greed and the temptation that we experience in this world. We're called to generosity. We're called to generosity. As a church council, uh, we, were, we were talking about stewardship and, and all these things, and, and one of the questions was, well, should we talk about this? Right? There are some churches that that are the approach. They don't ever talk about money, even though Jesus talks about it more than anything else other than the topic, the kingdom of God, they avoid the subject. And, and this question of Right? Should, should we talk about this? Because, you know, people are struggling. Inflation's happening. The economy's uncertain. We wonder what's going on. Right? Prices are up and up. How could we possibly talk about money? And so we, we talked about this, but the conclusion was that, yes, we absolutely need to. Because whether things are hard or whether things are good, whether you have little or whether you have plenty, good financial stewardship begins and ends with God. Begins and ends with God. In other words, when, when, when our first fruit belongs to God, that aligns all our other values in terms of what we say yes to and what we say no to in life. A lot of the pain 
that we have in life in terms of mismanaging the debt that we carry. And all the things are because we haven't set God as the number one priority in our lives. Generosity reflects the image of God in our lives. Secondly, generosity is an act which joins us to God's work in the world. Generosity is an act which joins us to God's work in the world. So God has a mission for us. And that mission is to bring Jesus to the world. To bring Jesus to the world. We live that out in our mission statement to encourage all people to know the love of Christ. That's his command to us, to introduce people so that they might know the same saving love that we know. That is who we are. The church, the church very practically, is God's plan for doing that. Look around you. Look at everybody around you. There's no plan B. You're it. We're God's plan for bringing the gospel to the community around us. There's no plan B. The Bible says that, that we are the bride of Christ, that we're married to Jesus in terms of that plan in this world. It's how God works. Your financial gifts function very practically as a way to further the kingdom of God. At Hope here, uh, we have a five-year vision called Overflow. And this five-year vision is an overflow of the Holy Spirit's work in our lives where we're, we're calling one another to, to reach out, meaning invite people to know Jesus. We're, we're building another campus. We're, we're seeking to grow and reach people that haven't been reached. 80-some thousand people in Fargo, Moorhead, West Fargo that don't go to church at all. Another 80,000 that only go once a year. We have a mission to them, right? Reach out, root deep. We want to grow deep in our relationship with God. We have the Deeply Rooted Bible Study. We have a soul business map, ways that you can plug in and love one another. We're going to do this in acts of service. One of the things that we got going on right now, we're trying to raise 40,000 pounds for the food bank and $80,000 to cover three years uh, in three schools, the backpack program. Our police are out there helping us do that through the Great Plains Food Bank. You can stop after church and say hi to them or go get some groceries and drop them off and, and do that. Go, go get, put your kid in the back of a squad car so they see what it's like now and they don't accidentally end in the one. <laughs> Later, right? Reach out, look deep. Love one another. When we are generous, that joins God in his work in the world. And as a church, we're responsible, I can tell you, just very practically, we have a church council of 13 people that, that know our budget, and they establish our budget, and they enforce and make sure that, that every dollar that is donated is spent in line with that mission to accomplish the purposes of the church. Here, here's another way to think about it. Let's look at Jesus' words. He says, do not, do not, Store for yourselves treasure on earth where moth and vermin destroy and thieves break in and steal. But instead, build for yourselves treasure in heaven where moth and vermin do not destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. What, what, what does that mean? Some people want to look at this as an allegory and say, well, treasure in heaven means my time. Or, or treasure in heaven means my gifts, right? So I don't have to, to give financially. But the problem is, is that when you look at that word treasure, uh, it's treasure in the Greek. It, it's, not, it's not a metaphor. It's an actual thing. 
It's referring specifically to our financial gifts. And when it's calling us not to invest in the things of this earth, but in the things that are eternal, what does that mean? I think it looks a little like this in my life. A couple weeks ago, I was hunting with a group of guys, took a week off, did some hunting. It was awesome. That's what I love to do, be outdoors in creation. And uh, in rolls to camp, some of these guys I didn't know as well uh, that were hunting, and the guy has a brand new truck, and it's my dream truck, Right? It's like the pickup I, you know, find myself fantasizing about. It's even the exact color that I want. Black, right? It's cool. I mean, this, the electronics on this thing, it's just sweet vehicle. And, 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 you know, I try to frame this right because this guy's a very faithful, generous man and he's done very well for himself in life. And, you know, he had had truck for 15 years and he bought a new truck. You know, and I'm like grateful for him and celebrating, but I'd be, I'd be lying to you if I said there wasn't a part of me that was not a little bit envious, right? And the thought that I had, truly, this is a thought that went in my brain, is, you know, if I didn't write that big check every month to Hope Lutheran, I could buy that truck easily and probably take that truck on multiple hunting and fishing adventures, Right? Because 10% a lot. But then I remembered this truth, right? That truck, I, I could get that truck. Six months, somebody's got a nicer one. Five years, that truck's got problems. That truck's rusting. Maybe somebody will even steal it. Maybe I'll drop another truck through the lake. I don't know. Right? Moth. Vermin, rust. But that treasure in heaven, the, the gift that Tammy and I are, are giving, here's one of the things that it goes to every week at Hope Lutheran. Almost 2,000 young people come and they learn about the love of Jesus Christ for them. The gospel is proclaimed to them. They, they read the Bible, they, they learn the stories of faith, they learn about who Jesus is and what he did on the cross. For them, they learn about Easter. They learn about that resurrection promise, and that gospel is 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 planted in them. That seed is planted in them. That's only possible because of the gifts that you so generously provide. That's eternal. When we do that for another person, that's eternal. Nothing in this world could possibly take that away. When someone knows Jesus, when you know Jesus, when you have Jesus, no thief can steal it away. There's one thief, the devil, that wants to steal it away. He can't steal it away. No vermin, no, no moth, nothing can take that away from you. We build treasure in heaven. Finally, last thing about uh, generosity is, 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 is know this. Generosity is a matter of the heart. God doesn't want your money. In fact, here's the truth. It's not yours. Every single thing that you have, every single thing you have has been given to you as a gift from God. God already owns it because he's the creator. He's the giver. It's part of his creation. And you are simply a manager of it that will be asked at the end of your life to give an accounting of what you did with it, whether you believe it or not. That's what the Bible teaches. Right? 
And whether you trust God or trust your money is a matter of the heart. At the end of our gospel today, Jesus says, where your treasure is, meaning where your money is, there is your heart also. Those aren't my words, those are Jesus' words. They're tough words. Where your treasure is, there is your heart also. And then he says, it's impossible for you to serve both God and money. Now, is Jesus saying we should all be, you know, unsuccessful in life, that, that we shouldn't go after it? No, absolutely not, right? If you have that gift of, 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 of running a business, of, of being successful, that's wonderful. But he's asking about the priorities of your heart. Where's your heart? Where's your heart in relationship to the material things of this world and to him? Let me leave you with a, a final metaphor. There's a couple that I know really well in this church that, that I want to be like them someday because they're so faithful and good. And they have resources. They've been blessed, and you wouldn't know it. You and I could not look at them from an external point of view and say, yep, look at the car they drive, the house they live in, they've got lots of money. Nope, you would have no clue who these people are. But I've gotten to know them as their pastor. And they are ridiculously generous. Like, ridiculously generous to all kinds of good things in our community. Probably things that you and I have benefited from. And you would have no clue because they don't tell anyone. And I asked them, what, what made it this way for you? I mean, they invested well. They, they were, he was smart. They, they did some things. But, you know, why, why do you live this generously? Why do you live this way? Because that's not the way that the world tells us to live. And, and they attributed it back to a sermon that was preached at Hope North before there was a Hope South years and years ago, probably before I was born, where, where the pastor used a simple metaphor, so I want to use it for today. And, and that is this, is that we can either live life with clenched hands, clenched fists, or open hands. This is the way the world wants to tell us to live. What are you, what are you holding on to so tightly that, that you can't let go, that you want to control, that you're afraid? If I, let, if I let this go, Lord, if I surrender this to you, Lord, man, I could be ruined. See, here's the thing. Whatever you're gripping onto, whatever you're holding onto so tightly, that's what you're going to become. That will be the condition of your heart. And if it's your money then what's going to rule your heart is greed, not God. So you can't serve both. The two can't, can't mix together. But there's another problem with this, this clenched fist thing, right? God's a giver. God's generous to us. He gives us his love, grace, and mercy on the cross. Uh, here's probably, Ethan's going to help me out with this. Come forward. You know, that's the Bible Ethan's got. We're going to pretend that you're God. Don't let that go to your head. Okay? And I'm Paul. And you want to give me a gift, right? Your holy word. You want to give me your son. You give that to me. I'd like to receive that. Let's try it again, right? I, I, I can't hold on to it. But if we live life with open hands, meaning we're generous as God made us to be generous, we can receive that gift.
Here's the truth. Even if you're like this and you can't let go, I want you to know, if you, if you have given not one penny away and you never will because you're just that stubborn, God still loves you. That doesn't change. His grace, mercy, and love is for a broken man or woman like you. But I also want you to know this. There's one, and his name is Jesus, that as you're doing this, he can wrap his nail-scarred hands around yours. And if you get to know him, he can unclench those fingers so that you live life a different way. And when you do this, love, peace, meaning, purpose, joy, legacy, presence of God like you could never imagine because we're in a posture where we can give and we can also receive. See, God knows exactly what we need and he's freely giving it to us in Jesus on the cross. So let us, people of hope, just as Jesus lived, let us live with outstretched arms and open hands in response to the giver of life. Amen. Father, thank you today for your grace, love, and mercy. Thank you for your son. Jesus Christ, guide us and lead us, Lord, in your truth as we seek to be your people. Lord, release our grip on this world. Help us to live with open hands. In Jesus' name, amen.